thank you so, so, so much. I, I love what, uh, what we're doing. I love the changes that Holy Spirit has us making in this house, the shifting. We've always been a people that have in every way sought the heart of the Father on how can we minister to the people that are outside the walls of this building. Keep in mind the church isn't the building. Remember this. The church is you. It is me. It is us. When we talk about Christ's bride, you are it. The church isn't a building. It is the individuals that have received Christ and that honor him with their heart, with their soul, in obedience in every way. Amen? So let's, let's really, really, really sow into this. And I want to move ahead right now, and I want to jump right into what we're going to do today. And before I do that, I want to prepare everybody for this. I want to make you aware that what we're going to do in just a minute is maybe different for some, especially if you're visiting today, is probably going to be a little bit different than what you're used to, what you would have expected uh, when you came to an assembly or a church building. It's probably going to be a little bit different. And it's going to be different for this reason. It's good to see you guys today. You're a man of your word. I want to tell you, tell me your name again. Rodney? So last Sunday, I'm, I'm, I'm... Moving to the left here just a little bit. You didn't respond to my text, so I didn't know if you got it. Did you get it? <laughs> so Rodney and his family are from L.A., and there's a family here in the house that takes my wife and me to lunch every year on their anniversary of the year that they came. And uh, so they took us to lunch last Sunday, and we had our rock masks on when we were going into this particular restaurant. And when we walked into the restaurant, I turn around, I'm talking to somebody, I turn around, Rodney's standing in my face, and I've got this rock, rock mask on, and he said, are y'all a church? I said, yes. Long story short, he said, where y'all at? We want to come. And uh, they're from L.A. They're here for a few months. So we welcome, Rodney, we welcome the family. So good to have all of you here today. It's a blessing to have you. So, again, I want to remind us that what we're going to be doing right now is very similar to last Sunday, but it's in for this purpose. I am after the way of the kingdom. And I want to talk about a few things very quickly before we do that. So if you would just turn in your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 17. While you're turning there, I'm going to say something to you. I don't have that slide on there. Don't worry about that, gentlemen. Um, But while you're turning there, I want to bring your attention to something that I think is so appropriate for where we are today. It is a tragedy, a travesty, I believe, For the church to have come to a place where we are comfortable among like people and uncomfortable around unlike people. I think the church, we miss the mark when the church as a whole begins to build walls and separate itself from those who don't look like us or act like us. We are supposed to be a demonstration but the church has made itself, has made it impossible for itself to be a demonstration to the lost because it has separated itself so much from the lost. Wow. How can you demonstrate to a people you're uncomfortable with sitting beside you on Sunday morning? How is it possible to become the voice of God in someone's life or the example of Christ in someone's life when if they were to come to church 
or to come and want to even gather where we are, they feel unaccepted because they don't fit our mold of what holiness and purity might be. Is anybody hearing my question this morning? So it's come to this, not because that was the heart of God. It has come to that and this, not because that is the purpose of Jesus Christ. It has come to this because over the centuries of time since Christ walked and since Christ imparted into the disciples who then imparted into someone else, with every generational impartation there have been so many layers of tidiness and acceptness over the centuries, so many different layers of what we will accept that the real church has been lost. And we, have, we need to today... We need to begin to peel away all of those layers that have been added from one generation to the next generation that we've accepted. And we, we, it's not only, and listen, there's no condemnation here because it's not only that we have accepted because that might not even be the right word. It's what we've known. We are doing what we know to do. So in order to break that mold of what we know to do, there's a need for us to begin to pull back those layers and expose some of those things that suddenly become raw and make us go... I want to be able to look around on any given Sunday morning and look across the building and go, they're here. The drug addict is here. The homosexual is here. The pedophile is here. The murderer is here. I want to look across the room and see him and say, yes, we're doing something right. We're peeling back all the layers of foolishness and stupidity and pride and arrogance. And this is my house and you're not welcome to, we're pulling it away. Does anybody hear me this morning? If you're wondering what all the striking hands is, one of the things we like to do in this house, we say amen louder when we strike hands. These are all amens right here. We begin to pull back these layers. The problem is when we begin to pull back the layers, we begin to not only expose what has been hidden by churchiness, but we begin to expose what has been hidden in our own heart. There's an exposing of our own fears. Mm, do I want to go to a church where they let those people in? Remember I asked last week, I asked everybody in here, I said, you tell me, who do you want me to stand at the door and say, you can't come here because you have a record? You can't come to this church because we have children in here and we don't feel like they'll be safe around you. Remember I asked last week, who do, who, who do you want me to stand at the door or put people at the door to say, you're not welcome in this house? And none of us had an answer because we don't want to say to anybody, you're not welcome here, at least not with our mouths, but are we saying it with our heart? Are they hearing from our heart what they're not hearing from our, our mouths? I'm going to tell you the kingdom of God is, is, is it's bigger than our tidiness. It's bigger than having all the right words. It's bigger than quoting enough scripture. Does anybody hear me this morning? It's bigger than all of this. So I want to read a scripture to you. I'm going to read a couple, then we're going to do something that um, I think is going to bring life to so many in this room today. So this whole series that we're doing, we started it a couple weeks ago. It's called The Way of the Kingdom. And in Luke 17, uh, chapter 17, verse 21, it reads like this, says, Jesus grilled by the Pharisees on when the kingdom of God would come. He answered and he said to them, the kingdom of God doesn't come by counting the days on the calendar. It is not visual. The kingdom of God does not come because you see it, nor when someone says, look here 
or there it is. Why? Because the kingdom of God is already among you. This is Christ saying the kingdom of God is already among you and everything that's a part of it. Here's the thing. I want to ask you a question. This is rhetorical. So you don't have to answer me out loud. But I'm going to ask you this question. Is the kingdom of God among us? Because the kingdom of God does not look so clean and tidy as we see it today. The kingdom of God was wherever Christ found himself. The kingdom of God was on whatever street, whatever highway, whatever byway that he found himself. That's where the kingdom of God was. In that place, that circle of anointing that was around him, that circle of possibility, that circle of potential that surrounded Christ everywhere he went, that circle reached out to this place and that place that it reached became the kingdom of God. It was what was the kingdom this week might not be the kingdom next week, but it was the kingdom when he was in it. So I'm asking you today, you can't look around and say that looks like the kingdom, that looks like the kingdom, because I'm going to tell you something today. Until we have people in this house, I'm going to just be bold. You can disagree with me if you want to. You can be as wrong as you want to be. (laughs) But I'm going to tell you something. Until we look around this house and we see lost people, we see people that have been rejected everywhere else, and it's not just full of people who love Jesus already, the kingdom of God is not here. I need to be able to look down the end of my row, and I need to be able to see somebody that's crying out and saying, I need God. I need to be able to look across this building and see somebody that's willing to say, Man, I don't know what that guy's talking about up there, but I need that. I need somebody in here that says, I've been rejected everywhere else, but for some reason, y'all let me in this door. Do y'all know what you let in this door? And we need to say, we know exactly what we let in this door. And these doors were made for you. So I want to ask you a question. I know that some of the issues are, I know, I know that already I know that there's some that have made decisions that they don't want to be a part of what we're doing. And that's up to them. You know, there's no condemnation. I hope my prayer and my heart is, and especially if you're watching online and you don't want to be a part of making our doors open to everybody, I just want to ask you again, I want to plead with you, and I want to ask you, examine your heart. Begin to peel back those layers of those things that have kept you from being able to see what Christ really would have done because the church of today looks nothing like the church Jesus walked down the road talking to the disciples about. doesn't look anything like it. But we can, we can get back there. We can get back there where the people that are hurting really do matter. We can get back to the place where we're willing to talk to somebody standing by a well who has rejected everything of truth until they desire the truth that's in us. We can get back to the place where the prostitute that's about to get hammered with rocks is willing to listen to the words that we've got to speak. And we stand and we defend her with a gospel. Not with our own truths, but with a gospel. Do you hear me today? So I'm going to ask you a question. Do we think for a second, and I'm saying this to you that are watching online, maybe you're more comfortable on the other side of that lens than you are in this building this morning because this series that we're in right now, The Way of the Kingdom, might be challenging to you. I want to say to you today, I want to encourage you today, do you believe for a second that in any point in Jesus' anointing, in his ministry, do you believe that there was any time in his ministry where people did not question, what are you doing and why are you hanging out with those people? I'm going to tell you the same questions that you might be asking me today, saying, why is Steve Parker suddenly opening the doors to this one and to that one and saying that this ministry is for anyone, whosoever will? If you're asking me this today, I want to tell you those same people were asking Christ. It's the same people that could not see through the layers. 
They did not understand the gospel. They understood only what they wanted the gospel to be. But what some want the gospel to be isn't what the gospel really is. And we've got to come to the place where we want what the gospel really is. What was the gospel that Christ brought into the earth? And in Luke chapter 7, verse 36, it reads like this. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him. And when he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table, behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster box, flask, full of ointment. And standing behind him at Jesus' feet, she was weeping. And she began to wet his feet with her tears. And she wiped them with the hair of her head and she kissed his feet. And she anointed them with ointment. I'm going to tell you, it takes a real passion to kiss anyone's feet. For me, even to touch, if I touch your feet, it's it's move of God. And standing behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and she wiped them with the hair of her head and she kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man really were a prophet, if he really were a man of God, if he really were the son of God, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she's a sinner. And Jesus answering said to him, said, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he said, go ahead and say it, teacher. (laughs) A certain moneylender had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Which of them will love me more? Simon, or love him more? Simon answered, the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And Jesus said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. And you did not anoint my head with oil, but she has not stopped anointing my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven because she has loved me much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven, woman. These, then those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you now. Go in peace. And I want to bring you also to the story in Luke 19 of Zacchaeus. The religious crowd begins to question Jesus and why he would dine with a tax collector and a sinner. And they begin to question him, why would you do this? And he did it. Because Jesus possessed within him, he was the gospel. He is the gospel. He had within him the heart and the passion of the Father to seek and to save that which was lost. And he did not try to determine on any given day whether or not it was acceptable to sit at the table of the sinner versus the saint. I'm going to tell you today for us, for the church world today, I know That in our mind it is difficult to believe that it is okay. And when I say this, it sounds almost judgmental. And it's not my intention to sound this way. My intention is to do this. I want to awaken the raw gospel in you. 
The raw gospel, not the gospel that's been cleaned up over centuries of time. With every successive generation, some new mode of operation has been added to the gospel so that suddenly we can justify why we're not ministering to that one or why we're not ministering to that one or he wouldn't do this or he wouldn't do that. Can we peel all that back today? Can we peel it all back? I'm going to tell you, we sang the song this morning. He found, uh, he, well, how's that go, Kaylee? His, what, how's it go? That he found me here. His love has found me here. His love has found me here. And I said to you, what was your here? Where was your here place where His love found you? In the same way His love found you in your here place. His love wants to find people we've not yet met in their here place. And I can tell you, it doesn't matter what their sin is. In our minds, we might justify it. We might say, ooh, that's a really bad one. Or, oh, that one's not so bad. They can come on Sunday. This one here, we're going to have to work on them a little bit before we let them. I'm going to tell you, He doesn't do that. To Him who is forgiven little, loves little. But to Him for, who's forgiven much, man, I'm going to tell you, there's a greater love. I'm gonna, he's got a word for you and for me. And that is that He wants to change our mind. He wants to change our thinking. The kingdom of God isn't a group of people that are gathered together that do everything right. The kingdom of God is a group of people that are moving in and about our society, our life, our community, our homes, our neighborhoods, our jobs. We're moving in and about and the anointing of God that is in us is touching anybody that comes near us or we get near. It's touching them and, it's a, and we have a, a heart to invite them into a place that is completely contrary to wherever they have existed for however long. That's the kingdom of God. This is what we're after. How do we get there? I'm going to tell you how we don't get there. We don't get, it, we don't get there by having neat little tidy rows of chairs every Sunday morning when we gather at church. We don't get there because people that are outside this church today, this house, this ministry, whatever you want to call it, people that are out there in Sanford and Seminole County and they're walking around and they're doing their thing, they don't want to come and sit in these pretty little tidy chairs that we've got set up in a row. Chairs have only been in the church for about 300 years. Before that, they stood the whole time. I've taught that whole series before. They didn't even know what a chair was in the days of Christ. They didn't sit. They were talking. They were interacting. They were exchanging the gospel with each other. They were Today, the gospel doesn't get spread because we don't spread. The gospel is as stagnant as the chair you're sitting in. Because we come in and we sit in it and we don't, ex- we don't express it. There's no expression. But I'm going to tell you, there's a people that are coming and they're looking for something that's very different. They're not looking for something that is so neat and tidy and closed up and looks like this. What they're looking for is something that's alive and it is moving and it is different every week. And every week there is growth and every week there is change. So with that, this is what we're doing today. We're going to grow in to what we're supposed to do. We can't get there next week. We can't get there this week. We're not going to get there in a week of time. We're trying to peel back some layers, and it's going to take us some time. Can you be patient with us as we do this? Can you, do you want to be a part of peeling back some of these layers that have, have, have inhibited us from being able to be the gospel that we, were called, we are called to be? So we're going to do it a little bit at a time. We can only do what we know to do, but as we know to do it, we're going to do it, and we're going to do it today. In just a moment, we're going to stand. Everyone's going to stand, and we're going to move out, move to the sides of the building. That's to the walls and visitors and everybody included. I want to I want to give instruction in such a way that it's clear. I want to ask that you will move aside. And there have been people that are assigned to taking these chairs and building five groups of chairs. There are people that are assigned to do that. If you are not one of those that are assigned, if you just will talk to those people that are along the side of the walls and greet them, please don't leave. You're, you're going to love what Holy Spirit's about to do in this house. Don't. This is not your escape door. This is not the escape moment. 
I promise you, you're going to love what's about to happen because you're going to see the gospel beginning to do its work. So if you'll stand along the sides of the the auditorium and those who know what to do, they're going to do it. And I want to say to you that are watching online, as they begin to do this, they're about to start a video. I am teaching you. You are my group today and I'll be teaching you. So we'll come back in just a little bit. Thank you. Well, the scene has changed. I'm actually sitting at my desk and... If you are watching us online right now, you are probably wondering what just happened. Where have we gone? So this is what's going on. As we speak right now, the people of the rock that are present in the building are being grouped together in different groups among the living room area of our house, of our ministry, and they're going to interact and they're going to communicate and they're going to have conversation about the subject, the way of the kingdom. Some of what I just shared a moment ago as I was standing in front of you from the pulpit. So while they're doing that, rather than put a camera on them, I want to kind of explain to you and share with you a little bit about the discussion that they're going to be having. So today, First of all, I want to say again to those of you watching or those of you that are listening, uh, we welcome you to the Rock of Central Florida. We are so thankful that you are a part of what it is the Father's doing. And thank you for giving us your attention and your time as we press in to everything that the Father has for the Rock of Central Florida. He has given us a vision for this land. When we moved here, he said to my wife and to me that this land was our bread. In other words, it was our responsibility to possess it, to possess the parts of it, and to speak into it everything that he put in us. It's his heart and his desire to grow up a people that will change the entire earth. And we have to literally do that work one person at a time. So, in order to do that, We change, we grow, we learn, we trust Holy Spirit. And that's where we are today. In listening to Him, we are moving forward into an area and into a place that is really, really awkward for so many people. And I want to share with you a little bit about that. So for the last two weeks, we've been discussing what it would look like if we let anybody come into the church. That sounds really odd. I know. I know to you that are listening, you in your mind, you think, shouldn't anybody be allowed to come to the church? And you're right. Anybody should be allowed to come into the kingdom of God. And I believe, as a people, that we should be open to allowing anybody to come into the kingdom of God, to be a part of the kingdom of God, no matter what their background is, no matter what they've done, no matter where they've been, no matter how sinful or horrendous their life has been, no matter what terrible choices that they've made, no matter what, we all believe shouldn't everybody be welcome into the kingdom of God. And yet, let me ask you a question. Is there anyone that you could tell me today that you would say, Steve Parker, you can let everybody come to the church and be around my wife and my husband and my kids and my family, 
except for this type of person. Is there anyone? You might be surprised. It's easy with our mouth to say we want to be like Christ. It's easy with our words to say to people, the kingdom of God is for everyone. But it's quite the different story when those people that is a part of the everyone that the kingdom of God is for are people that scare us or intimidate us or are so incredibly different from us that in our natural Adam mind, we think, I'm not even sure God can change them. Let me give you some examples. Would it bother you if a pedophile were sitting next to you and your children? They came to church. Would it bother you if an alcoholic were sitting next to you and you were recovering? They came to church. Would it bother you if a murderer came and sat beside you with a pocket knife in his pocket? They came to church. Would it bother you if a drug addict came and sat right beside your teenage son or daughter? They came to church. Would it bother you if an adulterer or an adulteress, known to everyone, came and sat right beside your husband or your wife? But they came to church. And isn't the church supposed to be the place that says, Come one, come all. If you are thirsty, come and drink. If you are hungry, come and eat. Isn't the church supposed to be that place where the kingdom of God is available to one just like it is to another without regard to our condition? This is what we've been talking about for the last two weeks, and we will continue to talk about in the series, The Way of the Kingdom, that we're actually beginning today. So in this series, The Way of the Kingdom, what I, I want to do, and what we're going to do, those in the house and those that are online, is we're going to begin to help us retrain our mind to understand what it really does mean to say, to him who is thirsty, come drink. To him who is hungry, come eat. What it really does mean to say to a man on the side of the ditch to be the good Samaritan that when everyone else passed him by, keep in mind, the people who passed the man in the ditch were the same people that said, the kingdom that I have is for him. And yet they passed him by, except for one. I want to retrain our thinking. I want us to again think in the same way that the Father wants us to think, and that is that everything that He's done for us, no matter how vile, no matter how bad the person is, that you in your mind with your words can say, come in. If they came, many that are watching me right now would leave because you'd be uncomfortable. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Because you'd be afraid for your kids. You'd be worried about your husband. You'd be worried about your wife. You'd be worried about the drug addict influencing your teenagers. See, it's one thing to speak it with our mouth. It's quite another thing to actually demonstrate it and live it. But how do we, as a people, come to terms with the fact that I'm not an adulterer. I'm not a drug addict. I'm not a pedophile, a fornicator. 
I'm none of those things. So how do we come to terms with the fact that though I'm not, that does not give me the right to say to those who are, this kingdom is reserved for perfect people. I'm sorry, but you can't come in here. Is that Christ? Is that the kingdom? There are people that I know that have, are no longer a part of the Rock of Central Florida because they're more comfortable among whom they think is perfect than they are comfortable among those who need Christ the most. That's scary. In fact, if I'm honest, it makes me wonder how much of Christ those people really have. I want to read a scripture to you today out of the Message Bible, and it's in Luke chapter 17, verse 21. And it's a really uh, awesome story because it's very short, but it really defines what the kingdom of God is and where you might find it. This is what it says in the message. Jesus, grilled by the Pharisees on when the kingdom of God would come, answered, and he said, The kingdom of God does not come by counting the days on the calendar, nor when someone says, look here or look there, it is. And why? Because God's kingdom is not here or there. God's kingdom is among you. Or in many versions, God's kingdom is within you. What does Jesus mean by God's kingdom is already among you? It's not beyond you. It's not past you. It's not behind you. But it is among you. What does He mean by that? And is it? How is it? Then where is it? And what does His kingdom look like? Let me say this to you. The kingdom of God is a place that isn't, as we said a moment ago, as Christ said, it isn't off in the distance. It isn't so far away from us that we cannot apprehend it. The kingdom of God is as close to you as you are willing to receive it. In other words, before I came to know Christ, The kingdom of God seemed like a story that other people told. It seemed like a Bible story that other people lived. It seemed like a place that would be really awesome if I could ever find it. It seemed like a place where maybe I could make better choices if I could just somehow get access to it. That's what the kingdom of God seemed like then. But then, one day... When I came to the revelation, to the understanding, to the knowledge that I did not have Christ, I had never genuinely received Him to be my Savior, to be my Lord. And when I did receive Him, when I recognized I didn't have Him and chose on that day that I'm going to receive Him and repent of my sins and acknowledge that only He could forgive me, when I did that, The moment I did that, suddenly, what at one time seemed like it was a long ways away, seemed like it was impossible to touch, impossible to understand, impossible to describe and explain, suddenly, I was in it. 
Suddenly I was consumed by it. Suddenly my passions changed. My wants changed. My desires changed. The people I wanted to be around, all of that changed. Because something happened in Steve Parker. And it was a passion in me. There was an anointing that was placed in me, birthed in me from the Father because I received His Son that made me very aware that there was something more to lay hold of than what I had ever held in my hands or heart before. It was the kingdom of God. And I begin to realize in many different ways, but I begin to realize that the kingdom of God looked very different than the kingdom I lived in before I became a part of His kingdom. Teaching of all sorts began to influence my thoughts and I would listen to the pastor of the church I was saved in and and they would talk about the kingdom in the heavens, you know, and, and, and made me believe that you cannot access the kingdom of God until we die and go to heaven or until Jesus came, returned and caught His bride away and then we could be a part of the kingdom. So I believed that for a season, but it didn't satisfy. It didn't help me reconcile that there's something in my heart that knows that in my present condition where I'm alive on this earth, there was a way to honor God. There was a way to honor Christ. There was a way to live a life of righteousness. And I didn't have to wait until I was no longer walking on the dirt of planet earth. And something began to change. And then I would hear somebody else teach. And they would each teaching would awaken something new in me and actually increase my hunger to realize and to recognize that the kingdom of God isn't something, as Jesus said, that is way over there or way over there. The kingdom of God is around me and it is as accessible to me as I will make myself to it. The kingdom of God isn't something that is mystical. It isn't something that is uh, a story. It isn't, it isn't magic. The kingdom of God is a way of living. It is a way of life. This leads me to where we are today, the way of the kingdom. So what is the way of the kingdom? As I begin to grow in my relationship with Christ, as I begin to learn about the things of God, as I begin to walk by trusting Holy Spirit to lead me and to teach me, and as I begin to get around people who thought like me and who could grow me, who could educate me, who could discipline me, who could laugh with me, cry with me, and lead me on a path and take a journey with me. As I began to get around these people, they really begin to reveal to me and begin to show me that the way of the kingdom is about the way of the Lord. It is about the way of God. It is about the way the Father, the things the Father would do, the things that His Son, Jesus Christ, would do, how would he respond? The way he would respond to circumstances and situations. That's the way of the kingdom. The way of the kingdom is to look at every person and to recognize them for who they are. Be honest. When I look at this man or this woman, I see trouble. I see the things I mentioned earlier. I see alcoholism. I see drug addiction. I see pornography, I see pedophilia, I see murder, I see whatever, all the things, lying, cheating, stealing, I see all the things that create fear in us, all the things that in our natural mind say to us, they're on the outside 
of the kingdom. The way of the kingdom is when I see them, even though I recognize their condition, I do not shut the door on them because of it. Although I recognize that the condition of their life is without God, no matter what the condition, I do not shut the door to the life that I know because of it. The way of the kingdom is to see through what's going on in their life, to see through their failures, to see through their murderous way, to see through their adulterous way, to see through their pedophilia way, to see through their lying way, to see whatever it is that, that offends the Christ in you, whatever is in them that offends that anointing in you, the way of the kingdom is to see through it and to see the possibility that exists in them in the same way that Christ saw the possibility that exists in you. So the teachers that are teaching this morning in the different groups in this room are dealing with these subjects and asking those that they're teaching this morning, asking them, who would they say to, the kingdom of God is not for you? Because any time we say to ourselves, I will not be a part of a ministry, a church, whatever you want to call it, that allows these folks in, what we're really saying is, to the person that you don't want in, you're really saying, this isn't for you. This isn't for you. Jesus died for everyone but you. He went to the cross for everyone but the one that I find difficult to sit next to. This is a tough teaching. This is a tough revelation for people to lay hold of because nobody, including me, I don't really want to sit next to someone who has tried to sleep with every other man's wife. I'm just being honest. I don't want to put my children or the children of this ministry next to someone who is a drug addict or who, is, who has molested children. That's not my heart. I don't want to do that. But what I do want to do is I want to make opportunity for that one that has molested children, that one that has sold drugs to teenagers, that one that has tried to sleep with every man's wife, I do want to make opportunity for them to see the kingdom of God for what it is. See, the way of the kingdom says our arms are open. The way of the kingdom is the way of Christ. And it says to the prostitute who they're about to stone, stand up. They have not condemned you, and neither do I condemn you. Christ said to her, stand up. They cannot condemn you. And neither do I condemn you. Stand up and go and sin no more. And instead of running away, she began a lifelong journey with Christ until her life was completely transformed. He did not look and see a prostitute lying on the ground about to get stoned. He looked and he saw a missed opportunity and he spoke to the opportunity. He said, opportunity, rise up and come alive. This is our call. This is the way of the kingdom. The way of the kingdom is not to look at people and to begin to immediately judge them and say, you'll never make it. The way of the kingdom is not to look at people and say, you're not going to be around us. The way of the kingdom is to trust Holy Spirit 
If you feel like you need protection, to protect you in the company of those. The way of the kingdom is to say, when you see them, you don't curse them, you don't slam the door on them, but the way of the kingdom is to welcome them in. This is my heart. This has been my heart for a long time. It should be the heart of every believer. The truth is, I can tell you that most people in the kingdom of God today, most people that call themselves Christians today, they love being in the company of those who have come into relationship with Christ, but they are fearful of being in the company of those who have not. They are quick to embrace those who have come to know God, but they are just as quick to reject those who have not yet known God. How can we, if we call ourselves believers, how can we look at someone who is no different than you or me before we knew the Father? Even if you in your own mind or I in my own mind, even if I measure their sin up as, wow, that was a really bad one. Mine wasn't that bad. To the Father, He didn't measure sin. He didn't say this one is a cup full and this one is an ounce. He didn't do it that way. Sin is sin. How can I, how can you, if we are really after the things of Christ and we really desire the way of the kingdom, and I want to be a part of that, how can I look at anyone and say it was good for me, but it's not good for you? So what do we do? How do we change this? What do we say? This is what we do. We change our mind. We change our willingness. Instead of being willing to reject, we're willing to receive. Instead of ignoring the person that we would not invite to church because we think they don't smell right, they don't look right, they don't feel right, something's not right. We see them as the very one. We need to say, come with me. There's a place I want you to go and there's a Christ that really wants to change your life. If you're listening to me today, we were not called to go find perfect people and make them more perfect because we'll never find them. Just like Christ, we were called to reach out to anyone in whatever condition that they are in and to invite them into the kingdom of God because it is in that place, inside, within the kingdom of God, it is in that place that He can change them. Praying for someone in the ditch all day long will not get them out of the ditch. But you throw your hand out to them, and I promise you, you can walk them out. Praying for somebody all day long is not going to get, going to get them off the bottle. But you can go and you can speak to them and you can be an encourager to them. Not slam a Bible, cram a Bible down their throat. Not cram the gospel down their throat, but be the gospel to them. Be kind. Don't condemn them. Speak to them. Give them opportunity. I promise you, Christ will do the rest. So this is where we are at the Rock of Central Florida. We're going into the highways and we're going into the byways in every way possible. These doors at this place are open to one and all. 
Doesn't matter where you've come from, doesn't matter where you've been, doesn't matter what you've done. I want you to know today I'm serving notice on Central Florida and anyone under the sound of my voice today. And I'm saying to you, the rock of Central Florida is open to you. And the way of the kingdom, if you enter in, the way of the kingdom will forever change your life. Thank you today for being a part. In just a moment, I'm going to call the groups back together and I'm going to have some more things to say. But thank you for staying tuned. Bless you. All right, all right. If I can have your attention, please. Um, come on, put your hands together. So let me say to those of you that are watching online and you're wondering it kind of broke away, it's because we have these groups that are meeting here. And, and if you've never been here and you've never been a part of what, certainly uh, last week or this week, have not been a part of this, just so that you know, there's different groups that are being taught here in the auditorium uh, on the same subject that you listened to me teach you while they were teaching. You were watching a video that I did this week teaching you on the same subject. And, um, but I want to thank you for being a part on that side of the lens. Also in this room, I want to thank everyone in here. And you may be asking, especially those of you who are visitors that are, you're not used to this type of situation, you may be saying, why are there so many teachers? How come I'm not doing all the preaching? Because I believe this, and I've believed this for a long time, and anybody that's been a part of the Rock of Central Florida knows this to be true. But I've believed for a long time, if there's only one teacher in a ministry, any ministry, that ministry has failed. It's a failing ministry that only has one person that's doing the teaching. You are not reproducing after yourself. It, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God would have failed if Christ was not able to reproduce himself into others. It would not have made it. Dying on the cross would have been irrelevant. He wouldn't have needed to if he was not able to reproduce himself in other people. And so this, what you're experiencing today is you're in that group, whoever's teaching your group today is someone who we have come to know that has demonstrated that they are anointed to teach. They've demonstrated that they uh, hear the voice of the Lord and they're faithful. They're faithful in this house. Uh, they serve the people in this house in many different ways. So, so that you understand the reason we're doing this is because this is really what the gospel looks like. We don't use titles here, and we don't use titles here because there's no reason that anyone should be separated from everyone else. Christ did not use titles, and if, it was, if titles were unnecessary for him, why are they necessary for us? Uh, so we do not do that, um, and it's not to be different. It's not to, be, to challenge the status quo. It's just to do, we want to do what he did. We want to peel back the layers. Uh, we want to reveal the gospel. I can tell you that it, my heart is, and I've said this before, my heart is that I'll know that we are doing well when a visitor walks in the door of this church and they have no idea who the leader of this ministry is. When they have to look around and ask, who is the leader? And we can say, we all are. We all grow together. We all learn together. We all change together. Amen? Amen. So, so let me ask you something today. Is there anyone here, even if you're a visitor, just very briefly, I'm going to ask you to keep your comment very brief, but is there anyone that's willing to share what might exist in you as a fear of being the original gospel? 
Is there anything in you that it may be at one time, maybe prior to today, maybe even still, there's a certain measure of, I'm, I'm comfortable with these folks, but I'm not necessarily comfortable with those folks. Anyone that wants to share very briefly how that became true in you. Anybody willing to do that? No? Anybody want to share what you've heard that has changed your perspective? Are you challenged by what we're doing? Does it challenge the core of who you are? By what We probably weeded some of those folks out already. But is, are you challenged at the core of who you are about what it is that we're, we're doing? I can tell you that for us as a ministry today, to be able to become and do everything that the Father wants us to do, we cannot keep doing it the way that it's always been done. We have to allow Holy Spirit to really lead us, to direct us, to change us, to change our thinking. Mine and my wife's heart from the very beginning has always been, in fact, it was interesting to me because um, Gaston Glasgow is taking all the services that are on cassette. When we started 21 years ago, he's taking all the services that are on cassette and it's a tedious job because you've got to do it in real time. So he is, I'm trying to get him saved. So he's having to listen to every single one. No, he's listening to every cassette real time and transferring that to digital so that we have a digital copy. And after last Sunday, he was listening to a tape and he came in my office and he said, I, I just want to share with you, I was listening to a tape from 20 years ago, a cassette tape. And you were saying 20 years ago, everything exactly like you're saying it now, that you want a living room. He said, you use those exact words. You want it to be a living room where people come and they sit in groups of uh, gather together and they're talking and they're sharing and they're, they're being vulnerable and they're being open and allowing Holy Spirit to This is who we are. And it's been in our hearts forever. Getting there is difficult because some of the layers that have to be peeled back from what church has become, are really thick layers. They're thick, and they've been there so long, they've become hardened. So it's not like peeling a banana where when you peel it, it kind of rolls down the sides. This thing is almost like chipping away and peeling away a piece at a time in order to expose the original intent of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is, again, to seek and to save those who are lost. It is sent to every single person, not just... Those of us who are walking in it right now. But if I'm honest, there's still a little bit of saving, maybe a lot of saving that needs to be done in everybody sitting in this room, including me right now. None of us have reached perfection. None of us have reached that place where if someone touches us, suddenly they're made whole. We have not reached that place. But I'm telling you, He wants to do this work in us. And this is what we're after. So what we're going to do next week we're going to do a panel. We're going to have a panel up here on the platform. A panel of people. I don't know how many yet, nor do I know who they will be. But there's going to be a panel of people, and we're going to have a discussion about the way of the kingdom. And again, bring into focus those things that have been foggy for far too long. Listen, if something's foggy in front of me, I want it to be because the Father blew His breath on the glass. Not because we fogged it up so that we didn't have to look at the truth. Does that make sense? I want the Father, I want Him to help us to become everything that He want us, 
wants us to be. And I realize that in this building that we're in right now, it's not a big building and, and it's full and space is an issue. And I realize these things and some of the things that we want to do, it's difficult to do. But I'm telling you today, regardless, regardless, there are a people out there and until they are flooding into the parking lot, until they are flooded into the parking lot, we're, we're going, and they're not even just the, forever, we're going to, re, whoever, whosoever will come, come. And we're going to meet them. They're going to come, not because we're just standing back waiting for them to come. They're coming because you are being the gospel on your job. And you are being the gospel in your neighborhood, in your HOA meetings. You are being the gospel. You're not slamming somebody over the head with a Bible. But you are being a demonstration. You're not saying, I'll sit by this one because I think they're kind of holy. But I'm going to not sit by this one because they're a homosexual or they're a drug addict. Or I know who they slept with the other night even though they're married. You're not going to say, I'm staying away. You're You're going to be inclusive. And you're going to say, I'm going to make a difference. There's an anointing in me. And I'm going to make a difference. Is there an anointing in you? Has Christ anointed you? Has the Father anointed you? Draw on that anointing. Reveal it. Let it be visible. Be the voice of the Father. When they hear your voice, let them hear the voice of God in your voice. And I'm telling you, there's a people looking for something that isn't so straight and tidy. There's people out there that are looking for something that looks nothing like a church they would come they're not going into a place that looks exactly like the church because every church they've ever been into has said you can sit here keep your mouth shut don't move around we got our eye on you but they're looking for a place where they can come and they can be a part and they can be changed and to say i want the homosexual to change is no different than me saying i want the righteous one that comes in to change too because all of us should be changing every single day none of us should be stagnant where we're at. We should all be changing every single day, becoming more and more a demonstration of who the anointing of Christ, what it came to cause us to be. So I want to thank you, especially the visitors that are here today. I want to thank you because, listen, this is outside the box for some. You didn't come today expecting to be grouped up in a little group and being taught by somebody that you don't know. You didn't expect that today. You didn't expect that you were going to be seated very tightly up next to somebody that you've never met before in your life. And yet you came and yet you participated and you're a part. I hope you will come back because I hope you will go on this journey with us. And I hope you will be a part with us of peeling back all of these layers to uncover the original intent of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is what we're after. That is what we're after. Next week is going to be incredible. It's going to be exciting. We're going to have this panel. We're going to have a discussion. While we're having the discussion on the panel, we'll be inviting you to be able to bring your part and your portion and to insert that. I like it. When there's not a single, when there's more than one voice doing the talking. I like it when we can come together and we are a genuine family of people and we all came ready to speak whatever Holy Spirit put in us. How about you? Come on, let's put our hands together this morning and bless Him today. Stand with me and let's pray. Father, I bless these that have gathered today. I thank you for each and every one. I thank you.